Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome back to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I am so glad that you're here this week. We have an amazing guest lined up. This week, I'm chatting with Suze Chadwick. She is a bold business and branding coach, and she helps us take our brand from basic to gotta have it goodness. If you want to be the go-to person in your industry or you want clients clamoring to work with you, then you're in luck because today, Suze is sharing all of her tips and advice with us. She has over 10 years of brand consulting work with global brands as well as solopreneurs, And she knows what works when it comes to creating a business and personal brand that connects and stands out. Because I cannot wait for you to hear all of the amazingness that she has. She has been recognized as a top 10 branding coach by Yahoo Finance. She's a contributor to entrepreneur.com and several other business publications. She's also a published author. She wrote the book, Play Big, Brand Bold. She's host of the popular Brand Builder Lab podcast. And she's the creator of Brand Builders Academy, the Bold Speaker Collective, and Brand Leaders Lounge. Oh my gosh, like just all of those things listed off sound exhausting and she's doing it all so well. So I cannot wait for you to hear my conversation with her today. She has some really, really great tips for us on how to build a brand that gets noticed and stands out. You know, I get emails on a regular basis from people either asking to be part of the show or from podcast pitchers who are putting out their clients to people asking to be on the show. And I go through each one and make sure that each person that we have on this podcast is a good fit for what I feel like you need to help you grow your business. And when I came across Suze, she just eludes energy off of the page. I mean, without even meeting her, just looking at her website and going through all of her content and listening to her podcast you feel this immediate connection to her. And it's just one of those things that I knew I had to have her on. And I was so excited that she was wanting to be on the show. So I cannot wait for y'all to listen to our interview today. So let's get to my conversation with Suze. I think you're going to love her just as much as I did. All right, guys. Hi, I'm here with Suze Chadwick. Hi, Suze. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for getting up and chatting with us. I know it's early morning where you are, so I appreciate you getting up and starting your day off here with the Girl Means Business podcast. My pleasure. I am an early bird, so I'm like, get me early and I'm I'm good to go. Well, perfect. Well, that works great if you're going to be talking to me here in the States. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, So I want to start off for anyone who doesn't know who you are already, kind of introduce yourself. Um, Obviously, before this, I'll have like a little intro for you, but just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your journey to get to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I am very excited to be here. So thanks for having me. I am a mama of two. I live in Melbourne, Australia. I have been a branding consultant and coach for the last, say, 10 years or so. And I actually started in the corporate world in a HR and recruitment role. So that's kind of where I started my my corporate and professional journey. And in about 2004, I was living in London for eight or nine years. And when I was living there, I 
was working as the head of recruitment for one of the big four consulting firms. And we were doing this really big recruitment campaign and we ended up getting a branding agency to come in and help us with it. They were looking to recruit like a hundred consultants across the whole of Europe. Um, and so the branding consultant came in and they were showing us visual concepts and messaging and how we were going to go to market. And we were doing activations and events. And I was just like, what is this amazing world that you live in? Uh, and so that was kind of my first taste of branding and brand campaigns and messaging. And I just loved it. I just thought it was so exciting. So to cut a long story short, I did that campaign. I stayed in London and then I got married and I moved back to Australia. Uh, and I was still in recruitment. But when I was pregnant with my first child, I just thought, you know something, I'm so done with this. I don't want to do this anymore, as in recruitment and HR. And I was, it was a couple of days before I went on maternity leave and there was a branding consultant that had come in to do some just independent work with us. And once again, she was doing all the things that we had done when we had done the campaign in London. And I just thought, now, nah, like, what am I doing? Like, I know this is what I want to do. So after I had my child, I sent her a message on LinkedIn and I was like, Sam, we met at this, you know, meeting four months ago. Uh, and I'm now on maternity leave and I will work for you free of charge one day a week if you teach me everything that you know. And she used to be like a Deloitte branding consultant. So when my baby slept on a Thursday afternoon, I would sit on Skype calls with her and her clients while she did brand strategies and activations and messaging and all the rest of it. And I would was like her little admin so, so I was like in a really senior leadership role in corporate, but I just thought I don't really care about like the role that I'm in or the level that I'm at. I just want to do something that I really love. So I did that for free for like nine months while I was on maternity leave and I learned so much from her. It was amazing. Uh, and then when I came back into corporate, I said to the CEO that I was working for, I said, listen, I think that we need to start an employer branding division. I think that it's, it's a real missed opportunity. I think that this is what our clients are going to be wanting. And she said, go and build it and do it. So I basically, in the corporate that I had been working in, started building an employer branding consulting division uh, where we you know, did all the messaging and branding and I created the products and services and the pricing and all the rest of it. Uh, and that's kind of where my journey started of building brands and businesses and really understanding what the market wanted and what really landed and worked as well. So I started in the corporate space and then I ended up in my own business. And now I work mainly with women in business to really help them build bold, business and personal brands. What a fun story. I love that. I love that you were also willing to, you know, just do whatever it took to learn. Like you weren't ashamed to say like, no, I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to work for free. I'm going to, you know, I'll admin for you. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And then just learn everything from the ground up. I think some people come into business thinking like, oh, I, I, I want to start here when really you kind of got to be willing to start down at the beginning first. Yeah. And I just think that really going into it with that, you know, there wasn't any pressure on me to, 
you know, because I was on maternity leave. So there wasn't any pressure on me to really deliver or, you know, bring money in with this new skill that I wanted to learn. I was just there ready to absorb anything that I could. Uh, And then it was really watching her do her work where I was just like, that's amazing. You know, I could see, I could kind of see on the job how, how clients were reacting, what questions they were asking, you know, where we kind of started with a messaging uh, project and where we ended up. So I think it was such an incredible learning curve. Uh, And then I also have just invested so much in my own education. Like I have done, I did like an employer branding certificate, which my company put me through. I did my master's. I've done, you know, I did B school. I've done brand strategy courses. Like, and even now, like every year I have a budget for what is the gap that I need to fill or I want to fill? What do I want to learn more? Uh, And how can I invest? It continue to invest in myself because I do believe that the more you invest in yourself, the more your clients will invest in you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. I 100% agree. I come from a teaching background, so I'm a big believer in education and that one of the best investments in your business is anything that helps you learn something new or grow something you're already learning about. You know, I'm a huge advocate for education. Obviously, that's why I do the podcast I do and why I offer the services that I offer. So I'm right there with you. So let's talk about building brands because I think that this is something I know I personally struggled with when I started my photography business originally because I was looking at what everybody else was doing. And I, first of all, I had a very skewed version of what a brand was. To me, a brand was, you know, a logo and the colors that you choose. And obviously now I realize it's so much more than that. But I also think the struggle I had was looking at what everybody else was doing and kind of going, okay, well, this is the trend. So I'm going to jump on this trend and that's going to be my brand, but that's not really sustainable. So I guess I kind of have two questions there for you. The first one is, can you just talk about what is a brand? Because I think that's definitely a confusing concept for people who are new to the term brand. Yeah. So when we talk about a brand, for me, it is the invitation to an emotional connection with you, who you are, what you do. So it is that thing that you're like, I don't know what the invisible pull is, but I want that. 
Yeah. So it's that psychology. It's the, I always, I always joke around and say there's a, uh, there's a retail brand here in Australia where I buy their clothes and they're the only business that can send me like a million emails a day and I don't unsubscribe. And it's because I love everything about them. Yeah. So, you know, a really great brand almost defies, you know, your (laughs) sensible, like sensible decisions. Cause you're just like, I love it and I want it and I want to be part of it. So when we talk about brand as well, you've got the emotional connection. You've also got your brand experience, which are the things that people always remember and talk about. You've got your visual brand. So visual brand is one of the elements of a brand. It is, it is not brand. It is not branding, but it is one of the elements of it. And so that is important as well because we buy with our eyes and we make very quick decisions. So really, if I go to somebody's website or Instagram or whatever, I will make, whether we like it or not, I will make a really quick judgment call on the quality of their work, um, you know, the engagement that they have. Do they have people that are like buying from them, them or interested in them or those sorts of things? And also what's the quality of the content that they're sharing with me? That also gives me that brand experience of what am I feeling every time and what am I learning or what am I seeing every time I come to them? So I sort of call it a rabbit hole, which is basically where I might hear about you, I might listen to your podcast, I might find you somewhere. And the my automatic reaction is that a lot of times is that I'll go and check everything out. So I'll go to your Instagram and I'll go see what that's like. I'll click on the link in the bio. I'll go to your website. I then go and check all of that out. I might go to your Facebook page or your LinkedIn. If I see you've got a podcast, I might go listen to that. So you've really got to take a look at your rabbit hole, which has got all those little, you know, um, different avenues that people can go down. And you've really got to step back and take a look at it and say, what am I presenting? What am I sharing? What is the experience that somebody is having? Um, And also, how do I want them to feel? Yeah, because I think that sometimes people start businesses and they're just so busy doing the do. Like, I'm just, I just need to book clients and that sort of stuff, which is totally understandable. I think we all start there. But I think that when you give yourself the space to step back and say, how do I want my customers to feel? How do I want my followers to feel? What do I want them to do? And how can I do that in a way that really feels right? And I guess, um, you know, the way that I want it to be and then craft that. So I think crafting the brand that you want to have is so worth the time. And it might mean taking a day or two out of your business and actually looking at each of those touch points and saying, is there consistency? Is there connection? You know, is this doing what I want it to do in the way that I want it to do? It? Uh, that's such a good description. I loved that what you said, the invitation to emotional connection. You know, I've always heard, and I've always said like your brand is the experience that your audience gets that was something that I learned a couple of years ago and it really, you know, like it stuck with me because you're right. It's not, it's not one thing about your business. It's all the things combined and how does it make somebody feel? And yeah, I mean, I, I say to people all the time, I've other photographers that I mentor with and, and they'll, they'll go down kind of this rabbit hole of sorts, like what you were saying, but in their business where they're like, okay, I need to get my website right. I need to get this. I need to update this. I need to do this. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's focus on the things that are going to bring you in clients right now. And let's, but really the website and the social media and all those things that is 
a huge part of what draws people to you. And I've done the same thing, you know, when I get, in all honesty, when I get people that will contact me about being guests on the podcast, one of the first things I do is I look at their website, I look at their social media accounts. And if I don't feel an immediate connection with with either of those things, then I'm like, they could be the most incredible guests in the world, but I don't have that connection to you. And so, yeah, those things are important, but you got to have that connection. So let's talk really quickly about how you figure out what your brand is, because and people can't see what I'm looking at, but I'm looking at your the room that you're in and it just, it makes me smile. It's colorful. It is, you've got all kinds of things going on. You've got bright pinks and you've got yellows and, and you've got your, obviously your brand is the bold, you know, brand person. And so you have a lot of sort of voice to your brand. How do you figure out what your brand voice is or what your brand is about? Yeah. And I, once again, I do think that it's just taking some time out to really take a look and think about what you want that to be. So for me, the other thing I want to say is that like bold branding is really about you making a decision to not be like everybody else and for you to break the mold and do things differently. So for me, um, that's the first thing that I would say is that if you're new to business, really step back and a little exercise that I do with some of my clients as well is I want you to take a look at other businesses that are outside of your industry that you absolutely love and you think are incredible and I want you to break it down. So for me, like the dress that I'm wearing right now, which is very colourful, is a brand called Mr. Zimmy. And then there's another brand that I love, which is Gorman, which is another retail brand. Um, And then I do look at companies like Apple, those sorts of things. So I don't look at, and I don't follow or look at other business and branding coaches. Yeah. Cause that's what I do. And I just, and I just think I want to kind of stay in my lane and you know, something I want to do things really differently. So bold isn't always about bright colors. You can, you know, I think Chanel is bold. I think that they are unique and original and different. Yeah. And they're at the top of their game and they're black and white. So bold is about you choosing to kind of go, you know, something who's doing things really well and how can I take a look at what that looks like and maybe adopt that into my business. And so I think just really thinking about the brands in retail, automotive, technology, whatever it is that's outside of your industry is probably one of the first things that I would say to do and really find one that resonates for you. There's actually a, it's really random, a cake maker here in Australia. Her name is Catherine Sabbath. Um, She makes the most incredible, crazy, like, cake creations. She was a teacher and she turned into a cake maker. You'll love her. And I when I went it, yeah. to her, yeah. And when I went to her website, I'll send you the link. Uh, I said to my visual brand designer, I want to be the Catherine Sabbath of the business coaching world. And she is like solid, bright colors. She's like really unique and different. Like if you saw one of her cakes and she wasn't standing in the picture, you would know it was hers. Yeah. So that's what, so I'm looking at all of these cakes and dresses and technology brands to actually really understand what I love and what I value about these types of brands that can, so that I can really articulate what it is that I love. So starting with a Pinterest board is great as well. And bringing from a visual perspective, all the things that you really love. 
So that's the first thing with visual branding. The second thing with brand experience is to really think about if I could give my customers an amazing experience at each touch point, what would it be? And actually sit down and work that out. So for example, when they come to my website, what do they see? What do they feel? Can they make a really quick decision in three seconds to understand who I am, what I do and what they're going to get? So I think that's like the three second test or rule is a good one. The second thing is that if they go and they contact me, what's that first experience? So I get contact all the time from people I have never met. I don't know their names, things like that. So this could be our first interaction. So really little things like what's your, do you have an automated responder on your contact form? Mine's like, wow, this is unbelievably exciting. You're finally here. I've been sitting here waiting for you to contact me and here you are. <laughs> Doesn't it feel great? Yeah. So, and, I'll, and then I'll say, you know, thanks so much for your message. I'll get back to you in the next 24 to 48 hours, but have an incredible day. You know, and I just think it's the really little things that you can do that make such a difference, yeah? Because when somebody makes a decision to contact you, that can sometimes be a nerve-wracking thing for them to do, yeah? Because they're like, oh, what if what if it's not a good fit? What if, you know, this doesn't work? So there is a lot that happens when people make a decision to reach out. And I just want you to think about when somebody reaches out to you, how are you making them feel in that moment? Are you like saying to them, I'm so happy that you contacted me. I can't wait to speak to you. Like this is going to be exciting. So reinforce the positive feelings you want people to have. And I think that happens throughout the process, you know, like when somebody signs up for something, when somebody signs up as a client um, here in Australia I send them like a gift box if they're like a one-on-one client. Um, And, you know, with my personal branding on it, I've got a company where they print off my personal branding and they add it to the gift boxes that they create, which I love. So it's just little things like that. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Like, you know, I'm not spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on this. Sometimes it can just be a personal note. So for me, brand experience is about the details. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one size fits all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a -a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. 
You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everything you said, I have so many thoughts on, but I I love just the experience in general. But like, I know for me, one of the best ways that I've learned and kind of tweaked the pieces of my brand is also by looking at like, what are other businesses doing that I don't like? You know, like you mentioned the email thing, you know, if I reach out to somebody and, and the, when someone sends you an email, it's, it's nerve wracking for them because they are worried that you're now going to be salesy to them, that you're going to like, I don't want to say trick them into buying something they don't want to buy, but that's a fear they have. And so I took that and I was like, okay, that's the feeling I get. How can I make sure my clients don't feel that way? How can I reassure them? How can I make sure that they understand that like, I'm just here to help them and offer them resources and guidance and whether they choose to work with me or not, that's their choice. It's not something I'm going to pressure them into. But then, yeah, so those, those first touches are so important. And then I think too, like you mentioned, the, the gift thing, I think that right now, especially since a lot of us are feeling so disconnected, it's so nice to just get like even a little handwritten note in the mail. Yeah. You know, when I was when I work with my brides and stuff, a lot of times I send them like a little handwritten note as a thank you for hiring me. I'm so excited to be part of your day. I realize this is a big, you know, big part of your day that you're going to have for generations. Um, sometimes I'll find like little gifts that I can send like one, something as simple as like they have these little, they look like little miniature wet wipe packets, but they're to clean your wedding, your engagement ring and stuff. Oh, nice. And I'll send them those or whatever, but it's, it's just little bitty things that don't, seem like they're going to be significant, but when you put them all together, they are extremely significant in your brand. And it's the things that people remember. Yes. Yes. It's the, it's the thoughtfulness. And I think that's it. Yeah. Is that when you've got somebody that is either have, has become a client or is in the process of becoming a client or whatever it is, it is the thoughtfulness. And my, and I, I have had, uh, you know, so many clients that have come back to me and just said, I always think of you every time, like every day, because I've got like a card that you sent me pinned to my pin board or, you know, whatever it is. And so don't forget that those little things that they see all the time remind them of you. So it really helps to not only, you know, just be thoughtful and create a very special moment and a surprise and delight, but it also keeps you front of mind for them as well. So I think that that's really important. But the other thing that you can do as well that I think a lot of people don't spend enough time on is really building desire. So building desire for your audience and, you know, what it is that you do. And so um, I think that that's something to really think about as well uh, and, and really think about how you go about doing that in a way that really works for you um, and that works for them. And it could be things like social selling, so sharing, um, you know, a great experience that somebody else has had with you or showcasing where you are and what's going on and then also sharing, you know, the testimonials and stuff that people give you as well. So I think if you do that on a consistent basis, it really builds that desire 
for somebody where when they contact you, they're already ready to book you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So what is a brand? Is it a logo? Is it your website or the colors or fonts that you use? Maybe it's the cute tagline that you have on your Instagram bio that describes your business. In reality, a brand is all of those things plus so much more. I like to describe a brand as the feeling someone gets when they work with your business. Your brand is the sum of all of the parts and pieces that come together to create an experience for your clients from start to finish. It's how your business looks as well as how it makes someone feel. So how do you create that emotional experience, that connection? How do you create a brand that gets noticed and stands out? Well, friends, I have something to help you. I've created the Building Your Brand Workbook to help you create a brand that you are going to love, that your clients are going to be clamoring to work with, and that they're going to want to shout your information from the rooftops because they are that devoted to you and your brand. Now, this isn't just another download that's going to tell you how I built my brand. It is hands-on worksheets that you are going to fill out to help you create your unique brand. It's 45 plus pages of worksheets and descriptions and examples and ideas and blank spaces where you can jot down notes and you can start having this brainstorming process. It's going to lead you to that wonderful aha moment where you create the brand of your dreams. We start off with learning about who is your ideal client because knowing who your business is trying to attract is step one in understanding how to build a brand that sets you apart. Who do you want your brand to attract? Who do you want to work with? Then we go into the know, like, and trust factor, understanding why people would want to work with you. What is going to make you stand out above the rest? We then dive into your brand aesthetics. How does it look and what is the feel you want to give? Plus your brand story. What is the story behind your brand and how can you use it to relate and connect with your audience? And then finally, we put all the pieces together to create your overall brand feel. This is that emotional connection your audience is going to have with you. So if you are ready to create a brand that stands out, that gets noticed, and that people are dying to work with, head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash brand. Now, that's not all. You can enter the code brand at checkout and save $10 off your workbook. So again, that's girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash brand and then enter brand, the checkout code to save $10 off of your purchase. All right, guys, let's get back to today's show. I wanted to go back really quickly to you. We're talking about, you know, like your email response and your, it kind of, it very much fits in with your, that, that bold brand. So if someone's listening to this and they're, you know, they're hearing your examples and they're thinking, but that's not, that's not me. How do you or how much of your own personality do you feel like needs to be part of your brand? Because I think some people, they feel like they're creating this brand and they feel disconnected from their brand a little bit. And to me, that's a sign that that's not your brand. But how do you, I guess, kind of make sure that your brand feels comfortable to you, but also fits with like your ideal client and trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to be drawn to and attracted to? Um, how do you mix those two together into your brand? Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. I have to be honest for me, for me, I kind of think it's all about you when it comes to really like developing your foundations of your brand. Because one thing that I have found is that when somebody doesn't feel connected to their brand, as in what they're doing, how it looks, the experience they're giving, the message that they're putting out there, then they just hold back. Because they're like, it either doesn't feel like me or it's not like really what I want or it's not representative of the position in the market that I want to be as well. So I think you've got to find a balance of where do you want to position yourself in the market? Like, you know, if I walk into Walmart, I know where they're positioned in the market. If I walk into Chanel, I know where they're positioned in the market. I know what the experience is going to be, what the cost is going to be, what the quality is going to be. So you've got to take a look at where you want to position yourself. And then I think you've got to be really true to yourself as well, which is why when it comes to things like visual branding, I think just really going for what you love and then working with a designer to talk about this is what I love, this is where I want to position myself and bringing those things together so that it, you know, does speak to your audience but it's something that you're like so proud to put out there on a daily basis. So I think you've really got to find the balance of that as well, Um, especially if you're a small business. Like if you're a much bigger business and I think it's a different, you know, it's a different thing where you'll, you'll have more of a either a corporate or a small to medium type business, you know, branding. But once again, you, I think you've still got to be really proud of it and love it. And you've got to feel like it speaks to your audience. But I think you've got to start with you and then kind of work that out and then start to, you know, see what messaging lands for your audience as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I know. And the reason I kind of mentioned that question was I've worked with some other uh, small business owners who have struggled with kind of that idea of, well, I'm this way, but I want to attract this person who is different than me. And I kind of always say the same thing you do. I'm like, you have to be true to who you are because yeah. this is your brand. Or I've, I know, and I did this a little bit in the beginning too, and I've worked with clients that have felt this way too, which is they'll say, well, I'm quiet and reserved and shy, but I really wish I was, you know, loud and excitable and and vivacious. And so maybe if I build a brand that's that, it'll push me to be more like that. You know, it's kind of like buying the jeans that are the size you wish you were <laughs> and hoping they'll Such fit someday. Such a great someday. analogy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know something, the other thing I want to say is that some of the most successful entrepreneurs out there are self-proclaimed introverts. So don't think that because you're not bright and colorful, which is why I always say bold is not about the colors you choose. That's the colors I choose because that's how I am. But you can be beige and bold, baby blue and bold, you know, whatever it is, it's really about the connection. It's really about the message, the, you know, what you're here to do, the connection you have with your audience. And I think that, you know, you don't have to be an extrovert and bright and colorful in order to attract people who love that too. You know, like I said, I 
I love Chanel. I don't buy it, like, but I love <laughs> looking at what, what they do and who who they are and that sort of thing. Um, and they're very monotone, but I really appreciate the quality of the work that they do and their uniqueness and their creativity. So don't think that you won't attract, you know, people who are very different to you if what you do solves their problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had another question I just thought of, but I was going to ask. Go ahead. Oh, so, okay. Let's go back to the idea of like you mentioned the, the color. So like, let's talk about the visual brand for a second. So for someone like me, who tends to be a bit of a commitment phobe. <laughs> I, you know, I like the idea of so many different brands that I follow or see, or that I'm, you know, or even like day to day, I'm like, Oh, today I really love these jewel tones. But then another, like tomorrow, maybe I'm really going to love, you know, like neutrals with a little subtle pink or something. So if you're someone or if someone listening to this is thinking, I change my mind every day. Like I change my outfit every day. How am I ever going to decide on a brand style, a visual brand, when I can't even decide like my own personal style, what I like? So what do you say to somebody who's kind of uncertain about what their personal style is? Yeah, I mean, I think that you've got to, I think you do have to decide on something and just know that it's not set in concrete. Like it doesn't have to be like this for the next 10 years. You can evolve and change, you know, and I I do have to laugh when you say, you know, what about if you're somebody who likes to change things all the time? That is literally me. Like I said to my (laughs) designer, I get really bored with things, which is why my brand has got like, I'm just like pointing to something that is in my office that has like all of the colors of the rainbow. And if you go to my Instagram feed at Suze Chadwick, you will see I've got quote tiles and each one of them is a different color, but I have like six colors in my brand, um, in my brand kit, in my visual brand kit. So I think that you can choose to go with something that you really like. Um, and when you're, if you're working with a designer, then you can say to them, how can I bring different elements to this so that it keeps it fresh and exciting for me? And I think that that's totally fine, but there just needs to be some consistency to it. Even if there's a lot, like, even if you've got a lot of colors like me, as long as there's consistency to that, and you're always bringing those same colors, then people will get used to it. And it is something that once again, can be recognized. So for me, you know, whether you're in my online courses, my website, my social media, the consistency of that look and feel is there. So I think go with something that you love right now. Um, And if in a year or two or three, you decide to evolve and change that, I think that that's fine as well. As long as, as long as your consistency generally is the same. I think that's the important thing. People, people love a brand refresh. Oh yeah. I mean, well, the big brands do it, you know, fairly often too. So if they can do it, so can we, it's fine. Absolutely, (laughs) It's all fine. Um, Okay. So I want to, you mentioned like Instagram and and social media. We talked a little bit about the website part, but one of the things I I love Instagram, it's my favorite platform to be on. And I love kind of going and seeing what other people are doing. And I think the one of the, that once you kind of you know, once that glass has been shattered and you're like, oh my gosh, now I see brand and I see like what a cohesive brand looks like. Anytime I see somebody who is, I can tell like they're struggling or I can tell they've gone through yeah. phases. If I scroll back through their Instagram, I'm like, oh yeah, you were in your, you know, dark and moody phase. And now you're in your light and airy phase. <laughs> and now you're in your bright pink phase. 
So mm-hmm. <laughs> how do, how would somebody who's going, okay, I, I have an idea of what my, my brand is. I have an idea of sort of the colors. I have an idea of the, the feel and the experience I want. How do I convey that into my social media feed, especially for someone, you know, and I come from the background, like I said, of photography, where it's easier for someone who's creating the content, but for someone who has to go and seek out the content or, you know, use other platforms to create content, how do you create a consistency in your social media branding? Yeah, I think once again, to decide what it is that you like. So for me, and if you scroll back, like, you know, I think my my account now, I started years and years ago as a personal account. Um, and then I, my business, the Connection Exchange was an events business. And so it went through a very different iteration there. And then I moved to a personal brand about two years ago. And so then I was like, okay, well, this is how I want this to be. So you will see those evolutions if you scroll back through mine. But I think just making a decision on how do I want this to look? What is the message I want to put out there? You know, I know that now is a difficult time potentially to get photo shoots done and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know about you. We're still in lockdown here in Melbourne and in Australia. Uh, So, you know, but investing in photography has been one of the best things that I've done. Like I try and do at least one shoot a year so that I've got fresh content and that it's my content. Um, But saying that, there are so many amazing, like either free or paid image libraries. And I think it's just really taking a look and seeing what is cohesive with my visual brand and also like what can I tell a story about using this image, I think once again is worth sitting and spending some time on. So I know that before I had all of my professional photography, I would go, um, I had a, a virtual assistant and so she would just go and do a trawl for images that she thought I would like and then I would go look at them and then I would just delete anything I didn't like. And so then she would use that um, for our, you know, socials and that sort of thing uh, until now basically we only use my photography uh, because I've sort of built that library up. Mm-hmm. So I think just have a think about, what is the story I want to tell? What's the message I want to convey? And what's the look and feel that I like right now that I want to be using? And I do think having a content strategy um, and thinking about how that looks and sounds, I think is really important to have. So for me, you know, I've got my content pillars of the key things that I always talk about, which is personal branding, business branding, confidence, real talk, which is like, I did a bit of a series a little while ago, which was um, no idea and nailing it, which was how when I started out, I literally had no idea how I was going to run this event or how I was going to build this course, but I just did it and figured it out as I went. And then this was the result of it. And people love those sorts of stories as well. So I think just really think about like what it is that you're talking about and then the best way to represent that. So I'm really loving my quote cards that I have, which is every second image. So I've got a little bit of a Um, you know, pattern going on there. And it just makes it easy for me to know what I'm going to post next. (laughs) If I'm honest, I'm like, okay, so today's a photo, like what content pillar am I going to be talking about today? Today's a quote. And I love um, sharing quotes from sort of conversations or things that I've learned and they do really well for me. So it's not famous people quotes. 
it's like, you know, maybe a quote from this podcast or I was on a webinar the other day and somebody was, you know, um, talking about getting out of your customers' wallets, you know, and stopped, stop thinking that you know how much your customers can afford to pay. And I thought that was so good. She called it pretty woman, pretty womaning somebody. And I was like, I love that. That's so cool. So I shared that. And that's been like, you know, once again, everybody has really responded to that, my followers. So I think if you share things that you really love, I think that that authenticity comes across and, and you get that kind of that great response and engagement and connection. Yeah, I actually saw your post on that today with the pretty woman photo in the second slide. I was like, I love that. And I love like and I almost I, I was in the car when I was waiting to pick up my daughter and um, I started to go share it. And then I had to like put my phone down, pick her up and I forgot to go back and share it. But I love it because that's and we mentioned the quotes do really well because they are they're shareable. They're quick. Yeah. Those, the, those are the things that people are going to repost into their stories and that they're going to you know share it to other people. So my last question um, on branding I was going to ask you was how much do you think that your own personal life or personal story needs to be part of your brand? And I asked this question because I've had this conversation recently with a friend of mine who is, um, she runs an online boutique and she's trying to build up her, you know, figure out her brand and and she's very hesitant to share, you know, she's she's not somebody who does social media. Social media is new for her. It's a struggle for her. It doesn't come easily for her. And personally, in her own personal life, she doesn't use social media. She doesn't like to put herself out there, her kids out there, any of that kind yeah. of stuff. And and I understand, you know, not wanting to put your kids out there. I totally get that. So for someone who is building a business and listening to this and thinking, okay, but I see all these people sharing so much of their personal side of things. How much of that do you think is necessary or I guess not even necessary, but like important to a brand? I actually think that it's really dependent on what kind of brand you're building. So for example, because I'm a personal brand, my story is super important. Right. Like yeah. my experiences are very important because when you buy a course or you book me as a speaker, you're buying me. Like it's, I am the product of yeah, my true. business. Yeah. So, so if you are the product of your business, then your story is very important. And also if you're just comfortable talking about yourself or things like that, like your story, where you came from, et cetera, with the things you learn, I would always encourage somebody to do that. But I'm also very aware that there are people who don't want to do that. And I think that that is fine as well. But what you do have to find is your connection point. So if you're not going to share personal stories, then you need to really think about what is the struggle that my client is having? So if I sell this product, like why would they love this product? How has this product helped, um, you know, other clients of mine? What have other people said about it? Um, you know, what, what else could this product potentially do? Like could it build your confidence? Could it help your home be beautiful? Could it, you know, those sorts of things. So, for example, somebody who has a homeware store may not be talking about their story all the time, yeah, but what they're doing is that they're building desire that, you know, this product that I'm selling can really help your home be the kind of sanctuary that you want it to be. So I think leaning into the desire of your customers and leaning into the problems that the, your product or service, um, you know, solves, I think is where I would go with that content. Uh, I don't always think that it has to be you, but if you're building a personal brand, 
where you are the face of your business and people are buying you and, you know, what you do, then I think that story is actually very important. But as you said, your children don't have to be part of that. I actually don't really share that much about my kids. Um, They are kind of here and there, like I might sprinkle it, but I Mm -hmm. don't share a lot about them. Um, And that's been a conscious decision. But me, because I'm a personal brand, I'm happy to share my own things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, I, I agree. I think the personal brand, definitely you have to be willing to share, you know, parts of yourself, but um, I think it's just finding that balance and everybody's going to have yeah. a different sort of line that they're willing to to go up to. And, and so for some that's sharing everything. I mean, there's some people I follow on Instagram that they share a lot of their yeah. life, like probably more than I need to know about. <laughs> <laughs> and then some, yeah. and then there's some that don't share very much at all. And that's fine too. It, it's finding what works for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been so good. Thank you so much. So before, um, I'm going to have you share in a minute where people can find you, but I'll wrap up with my last question. So we've, you know, we've talked about branding. Is there any resources? I know you have some things that we're going to share that people can go check out, but has there been something that you have invested in, in your business? Maybe it's a a book you read, a course you took, or even like a podcast you love listening to that's helped you like grow your business, helps you, or even just personally that's helped you grow as a, as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a mom. Yeah. Yeah. There's two things that I would really um, suggest. The first one is the How I Built This podcast by Guy Raz. is like was a game changer for me. And I'll tell you why, because I think that right now in the entrepreneurial world, there is this expectation of fast success. And when I listen to the How I Built This podcast, you're listening to, you know, the people that created Instagram and, um, you know, Cisco and brands that are just Airbnb and those sorts of things. And, you know, the reality of building a business where sometimes they were in their job for four years before they were making any money or, uh, you know, decided to leave or all of the fails that they had before they had the success. I'm just like, that is like the best thing that you could possibly listen to because I think the reality of business is something that I don't think is spoken about enough. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, so go listen to that because I think it will give you a reality check, but I feel like it really spurred me on because I'm like, it's not unusual that I didn't make a million dollars in my first year. Imagine <laughs> that. You know, so it's shocking. I couldn't believe it. Uh, So I think that listening to that and really understanding the journey that so many of the businesses we look at and go, oh my gosh, wow, that's incredible. Listening to the hard stuff that they had to go through is so sobering for a business owner. Yeah. And I think that reality is really important. So that's the first thing. I'm all about the truth, reality, like Mm -hmm. tell it as it is. Don't like sugarcoat it and make everything look like it's got a filter on it. Um, and the second thing is big magic was a game changer for me as well. I started writing my book about three years ago, play big brown bold. And then I wrote it. I was like a bull out of a gate. Um, and then I didn't write it for two years. And then I read and listened to big magic and I finished it in about six weeks. So the message there was 
have a jokester, not a martyr mindset, which is instead of being like, this is going to cause me pain, this is going to be so hard, I don't know how I'm going to do this, woe is me, you kind of go into things like a bit of a jokester where you're like, let's see what happens, let's give it a try. And so I think that that mindset of, hey, let's just ask. And if they say no, they say no. If they say yes, awesome bonus. Um, Let me test and try that and see what happens. If it fails, okay, well, we learned something from it. So being very much of that mindset, which she talks about in Big Magic, is amazing. And I feel like that is such an important thing for entrepreneurs to have that mindset. Otherwise, you'll never get anything out. And the second thing from Big Magic was she was like, create and put it out there. How people respond that those sorts of things, because I was writing my book, is actually none of your business. You were put here to create and put things out into the world and then continue to create. Don't always be looking for everybody, everybody's approval or you know, them saying that was great, like just get it out there. And so that's when I, that was the one thing that just made me finish my book really, which was amazing. And I met her um, at the beginning of this year, an event here in Australia and I gave her my book and I was just like, this book only came to life because of you, oh, uh, which, is, which is incredible, <laughs> which was an incredible moment. But those are the sorts of things that I would say to listen to and read um, is to be a doer. Just get out and do and learn and test and try um, and know that it's it's a long game. Yeah. Oh, those are both two of my favorite things. The podcast, the habit, like exactly what you said. It is when any time that I feel like I am being hard on myself in my business, I go listen to those episodes and I'm like, no, everybody has struggled. Like the one with the creator, that uh, the girl who created Canva and um, listening to her story. And I was just like, you think of it as this, amazing, great brand that business they have now, but you don't see all of the behind the scenes. Um, And then Big Magic, I listened to that one on Audible. I don't want to go back and read it because I have like, I want to go take notes. I need to get the physical book. I actually have the physical book. I just need to go through it. But yeah, it's so, so important. Like I get so caught in my head of like, even just little things like putting something on social media. And my first thought is, is this going to, what are people going to think of this? Is it going to be, how are they going to respond to it? What, you know, what's going to happen. And in reality, like that's not my job to figure out how other people are going to react to what I do. I just need to put it out there. So two really, really amazing resources. Well, Suze, thank you so much. Tell us where people can find you, follow you, work with you, get to know you better. Absolutely. I've loved this conversation. Um, Any conversation that ends with how I built this and big magic is a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So you can find me at suzechadwick.com. Uh, and you can find me on all socials at Suze Chadwick as well, which is just S-U-Z Chadwick. Uh, but I love to hang out on Instagram just like you. You can usually find me in stories. That's where I hang out as well. Feel free to send me a DM or an audio DM if you game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's uh, those are the places that you can find me. Perfect. And I'll have all those linked in the show notes. People can just quickly grab those links and find you. So thank you again so much. I appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful day and I would love to chat with you again soon. So let's keep in touch. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. So was I right? Did you absolutely fall in love with her? Isn't she amazing? Thank you again to Suze for being part of the show. I really, really appreciate you taking time to be here and sharing your knowledge with us. All right, guys, that does it for this week's episode. 
please don't forget to go leave us a review over on iTunes. Even if you are not listening to this podcast through the Apple iTunes app, you can always click the link below in the show notes and take you to our show page where you can quickly leave a review. That is the best way to show your appreciation, your gratitude for these episodes, all the hard work and energy that goes into creating these shows each week. Those reviews and that feedback means so much to me. It lets me know that you are enjoying the show, what aspects of it you love or what you want to see more of. So don't forget to take just a few seconds to go leave me a quick review. I would really, really love it. Thank you so much. And I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place.